Welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast. We're here to grow in faith, connect in community, and serve the world. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy. In Matthew's recounting of Jesus' life, this is Jesus' last parable. This is it. There are no more stories to vividly describe life in God's kingdom. No more miracle feedings or healings or anything else. Jesus tells this parable two days before his passion begins. And the rest of the gospel details the events of his suffering, death, and resurrection. So this parable is important, perhaps the most important, at least in Matthew's opinion. Think of a coach giving the locker room speech to the team playing for the championship, or the leader passionately reminding the troops what they're fighting for in upcoming battle, or some of the last words of a loved one who you have the sinking suspicion is close to dying. We can't escape the weight of this parable. And I suppose we're not meant to, but what to make of it? When I read this parable, I often get a little bit nervous. In my life, particularly in my ministry, I have turned away a lot of people in need. This passage always forces me to wrestle with that. I can't just continually give all my money to whoever comes knocking. In fact, at BLC, I had to quit carrying cash because I kept doing that. We'd be broke in a minute. I have responsibilities to my family and beyond. And our congregation here at Prince of Peace does so much to help. But even collectively, we cannot help everyone in need. It's complicated. And so this parable leaves me wondering, am I doing enough? Or am I going to be in that group that ignored Jesus by ignoring the needs of others? That's a trap, though. So if you've ever had similar worries, know that you are not alone, and more importantly, your salvation is not at risk. Was Jesus trying to get our attention? Absolutely. But was Jesus trying to scare us into meeting some sort of minimum requirement of good works to get into heaven? No. We miss Jesus' point when we think that way. Jesus isn't creating a checklist for salvation in this parable. This isn't works righteousness where we save ourselves by doing enough things right. But neither can we say saved by grace and then act however we want. The opposition between how we act and our relationship with Christ is one that we have created, not God. God certainly doesn't say you have to earn my love. As we are hopefully all well aware now, nothing we do or do not do can change God's love for us. And God doesn't say, I love you so much that you can act however you want, and it makes no difference. Maybe that's why God is so often compared to a parent. No decent parent would make her love dependent on the child's behavior, but neither would she tell the child that anything goes simply because she is loved. For God, again, there is no separation between a relationship with God and a life that shows it. Our relationship is a gift through Jesus Christ, and our lives 
reflect a life marked by Christ's cross and love. So in this parable, Jesus is describing our way of life. He uses his last chance to talk with his disciples, his final teaching moment, to tell them what life with Christ is going to look like. And it revolves around serving God by serving others. All others. Not just the ones we want to help, not just the people who clearly deserve help, or the ones who are appreciative, or the ones who tried really hard but are down on their luck. We just love and serve them all. The only qualification that Jesus places on the people we serve is that that person is in need. That's it. That's the single qualifier, which is exhausting to think about because it is still tricky to know when and how to help. Clarifying who to help actually maybe makes it more complicated on knowing how to help. There are systemic issues at work in some situations that are outside of our control. There are situations where what seems like helping would actually be causing harm. And it's not always easy to spot those situations. There are plenty of people who are just plain unlikable. So we might find it hard to love and serve them. But we try. We try to help where we can. We try to share God's love. We try to serve others. We work together and pray together and serve together and learn together. And that helps us meet needs more effectively. We will not get everything right, but we'll do better than we would because we have each other. When we fail, we confess. And we receive God's forgiveness and we begin again. And we do every bit of it knowing that when we serve others, we are serving our King. This is Christ the King Sunday. And this is the perfect reading to sum up what kind of king we serve. The sort of king whose only crown was a crown of thorns. A few short days after he told this parable, Jesus was hungry. He was a stranger to many in the crowd that condemned him. He was naked. He cried out, I thirst, from the cross. Though his trial was so swift that he was never really imprisoned, he was arrested. And though he wasn't sick, he was beaten. In today's parable, when Jesus lists the various people in need, he is literally describing who he will become for our sake. What difference does that make in our lives? To know that our king didn't wield his power like a weapon, but instead emptied himself, taking the form of a slave and humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. How does it change how we view power? Other people, our own ambitions and hopes. Jesus isn't the sort of king that we'd expect or even choose, but he is the king we need. Jesus tends to show up in places we don't expect, even still making not just the ordinary in life, holy, in bread, and water, and wine, but also making the awful, the unlovable, the forgotten, everything holy. 
I was going to tell a story that illustrated this. I was thinking of which story I could pick from a time when I've helped someone in need and I've been rewarded by seeing a glimpse of Christ. There are plenty of them and I bet you have a lot too. When I was feeding someone who was hungry or visiting someone who was sick and all of a sudden I realized that I was on holy ground, that something beautiful had just happened. And then we would share a moment and I'd probably get choked up and it would be a lovely part of this sermon. Now I'm thankful for those beautiful holy moments. Those are what keep me going. But I'm not sure those are the instances Jesus will cite when I meet him face to face. Maybe because we do have the insider secret now on the system. But maybe not because all of the people in Jesus' parable were surprised. The people who took care of him by caring for others, they weren't saying, I know, right? Wasn't that special that time I helped? So cool how you showed up right then. They weren't expecting Jesus any more than the other group. They weren't helping other people for the warm, fuzzy feelings and holy moments. They might have had some of those too, but they were helping other people because the other people needed help. That's it. Our king is selfless, so we are too. They were just trying to live as God means for us to live, and they never realized that they were encountering Jesus so often along the way. I expect when we get to Judgment Day, we'll be surprised too. We're privileged enough to realize it now, at least some of the times, that Christ is present among us. But I'm guessing that most of us sorely underestimate how often and in whom Christ dwells. The person who didn't smell the best, the violent criminal, the one who misused money and now doesn't have enough to buy food, the undocumented immigrant, the people we really just simply can't imagine being Christ, I'm going to guess that Jesus is talking about them when our king says, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. It's the end of the church year. Our New Year's resolution as we begin another is to live and love like Jesus, to love everyone, to serve those we can, and to fully expect that even if we don't notice, Jesus is right there as we do, filling our world with love. Amen.